poppin' the Christian bubble. It is now time for the Cultured Christian Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is sponsored by independent financial planner Adam Peak. Join us as we provide commentary at the intersection of culture, tech, and faith. We discuss the new trivia game hit, Greyhound on Apple TV Plus, Unsolved Mysteries Reboot, Kanye running for president? Is he serious? The iPhones are going to be two months late. And TikTok, one of your favorite apps, may be booted in the United States. And finally, let's talk about what it means to dream a dream. All this and more coming up on today's episode of the Cultured Christian Podcast. Well, greetings, friends. First-time listeners and long-time listeners, we are on episode 18, so that means you long-time listeners have only listened to 18. But either way, I am super glad that you're tuning in today because we like new listeners and we like old listeners here at the podcast. And I'm just hanging out here drinking a mango White Claw because it is officially the dog days of summer here in the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. We've had something like 11 days above 90 degrees, and many of those days without any relief. No rain. The grass is looking browner than brown. It is really, really dead, and that's with watering. I'm not the guy who's not watering at all, but let's just say, unless I wanted to break the bank, the grass is not going to be perfectly green this year. And so, you know, it's one of those things in Michigan, if you guys aren't familiar with this part of the country, weather is one of those topics, you know, everybody talks about weather, where they're from, but Michigan's unique that we get very distinct seasons. We get a full-on winter, we get a full-on spring and fall, and then summer is right here where we are now. And I try not to be one of those guys who complain because... Really, you're going to be complaining all year round. It's never perfect in Michigan. Just wait a few days. There's always some change or some new thing. And so we just happen to be in the middle of the humid, hot summer here. And I thank God nearly every day for air conditioning. So I hope wherever you are, you are enjoying air conditioning or 80 degrees. I plan to go on another bike ride tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. It is going to cool down a little bit. But hey, we're doing a podcast. We're not talking about weather here because that's not what our podcast is about. But um, yeah, we're going to dive in today and as usual, talk about culture, technology, and faith. Those are our main topics here. And I hope you tuned into the last episode. It was great. It was, again, kind of more of a niche um, episode talking about video games uh, with my friends in Japan. Hopefully, we'll have them on in the future. But as always, just like to solicit right at the start here, I love your feedback. Did you love that episode? Did you feel like that was lame? Like, just give me some feedback so I kind of know what's working for you, what's drawing people in, and what's kind of making you fast forward or worse yet, just not even listen to an episode. So as always, would love to hear your topics. Just email them over to culturedchristians at gmail.com. And we'd love to get your topics here on the podcast sometime soon. Starting off this week, I wanted to talk about a new app on my phone. You guys remember the app Trivia HQ? 
This was a game that was popular, I believe, last year, maybe even two years ago now. But it was a big trivia game. There's a lot of trivia apps, Trivia Crack, and uh, I forget the name of the other one that's slipping my mind. But Trivia HQ kind of became this big thing because they did something unique in that they did trivia games only twice a day. So you logged in and you went through and you tried to actually win real money. You went through all these different people, real live people, and there was a, a guy on a video camera that's the host of it. And so that was really fun. They had two games, I believe, if I remember right, like three in the afternoon and nine at night. And so that became the trivia craze for a while. But as a lot of things that, you know, trend ended, that thing became less and less popular. People didn't play it. And I think they actually went bankrupt and had some issues in leadership and such. And so, as usual, there is a new game out, a new trivia game that's called Trivia Royale. And this was, I hadn't heard about it from any of my friends, so I totally call that I found it. Um, but I was just clicking through the Apple Store, uh, Apple App Store one day, and I was just like, you know, I need a new game. I wonder what's out there. And they actually have a section like popular new games or new games you should check out. And I saw the trivia game and I was like, hmm, this looks interesting downloaded it gave it a try and i have to say it is definitely one that i would recommend i sent it to a bunch of my friends who are on there now and it's just one of those apps that's really well built right out of the gates you can tell high quality graphics good soundtrack and it has a lot of ways that you can play the one that is prominent is the namesake trivia royale and basically the idea is you play with i think around a thousand people and you have tickets and you can play like at the start, you can play three tickets, you get three tickets, then you progress to different levels, you can get more tickets like five or of course you can buy them. But uh, you go in there and you play versus a thousand people and you try to get to number one and you don't win money with this game, but you win bragging rights, you have these crowns like a royale crown. And of course, it prominently displays how many royales you have won. So, and that's pretty amazing, like going from a thousand down to one. And so, I'm happy to say that after about a week of playing, I have one royale in uh, my collection. And yeah, I mean, a lot of it's based on the questions you get. And it's for the royale, is very general topics, they kind of range everything you could think of. So some of it's going to be luck as to what questions you get and also who you're paired with during that particular game. You play with lots of different people. You go through a lot of different rounds. And so, and then the other aspect is the speed. If you answer a question really fast, you get the full 20 points. It kind of ticks down with the seconds is, you know, if you're slower on answering it. So that's what's kind of fun about it is a lot of times you'll play and you're two points above somebody because you answered faster. You know, you both knew the right answer, but you answered faster kind of thing. So that's one of the ways. The other way you can play by topics. They have a long list of probably 20 different topics. One of my favorite is uh, geography. I'm like second in Detroit, Michigan under uh, that particular category. I just was always good at it in school and kind of remember that. And so you can play with other people in your area or topic based, which is really fun. And then finally, if you friend people, like you get your friends on there, you can actually challenge them to play on a topical level. So you can say, let's do a trivia game on movies or let's do a trivia game on geography, as I mentioned. 
So again, it's a lot of fun. You can do some bragging rights uh, if you destroy them in um, <laughs> in trivia. And it is one of those things like there's people that I play with that I destroy. And then there's a few of my friends that are just, I can't believe this stuff that they know the answers to. Like, I'm like, are you cheating? Are you asking Amazon to help you? Because I don't understand it. <laughs> like you're getting every question right. So Anyways, it's free to play. It's one of those games that's ad supported. If you want to pay $2.99, I believe, you can get rid of the ads. And then there's, you know, pretty much free to, free to play at that point. If you want to do like accessories and make your avatar look cool, then you can drop some cash. But it's a pretty fun game that you don't have to pay anything or very little to get a lot of fun out of it. So check out Trivia Royale if you haven't already. Just yesterday, July 10th, Apple TV released a brand new movie, a feature film on Apple TV Plus, and it was called Greyhound, starring Tom Hanks. He's really one of the few actors that you'll recognize in the film. And so I watched this yesterday, and again, I try to live by a no-spoilers policy here, um, but I'll just tell you my thoughts. I felt like uh, on the surface, it's a good World War II film. You know, when I first heard about it, I hadn't seen any trailers and I was like, is this about like Greyhound buses? Like I didn't know it had a World War II connection. And so I didn't watch much, but a friend wanted to see it. We checked it out. And, you know, as usual, Tom Hanks does a good job. Also, it should be noted, this is not based on a true story like a lot of military films are. It's actually based on a book, I believe, in the late 50s, early 60s, which is named Greyhound. And so that's the guy's name, the general who is basically the captain of a destroyer in the middle of the Atlantic during World War II, protecting these convoys that were super necessary in getting supplies to the European war front. And yeah, so again, without much in the way of spoilers, I won't say anything more there. Uh, it's a rather short film at an hour and a half, and I definitely felt like at the end it just kind of like came to an end faster than I thought. I would say overall, out of five stars, I'd probably give it three. It just, you know, it's it's interesting. It keeps your attention. The special effects, you can kind of tell it's not a super big budget film. You definitely can notice the CGI in a lot of the fight scenes. So again, not terrible, but it is something that takes it down a little bit as far as the production value. But hey, so it's my verdict is if you have Apple TV Plus, check it out. If you don't have Apple TV Plus, this show would not be a reason that I would tell you to get Apple TV Plus, which is only $4.99 a month. So like I just recently signed up a friend, you know, it's like any of these streaming services. Anybody can afford five bucks. It's cheaper than going to a movie and you have a month, like an entire 30 day period where you can binge watch uh, the Morning Show and Defending Jacob, some of the other shows we've talked about on this uh, podcast. And any device that is logged in with your um, Apple ID, you can watch um, on that. So you're basically sharing with yourself. So if you have a lot of people, you have younger kids or maybe a wife who you all share the same Apple ID, you can all, for five bucks a month, watch Apple TV+. Plus. So it might be worth checking out especially if you're like me and you feel like you've watched every single show on Netflix during quarantine 2020. A few episodes back, we talked about the show Unsolved Mysteries on 
Netflix. And specifically, we were talking about the old show, the original that was just loaded up onto Netflix. And really, it was a good publicity stunt because it set everybody up for the new show, the reboot of Unsolved Mysteries. So that was trending over the last week as number one. And I'm a little suspect. I don't know about you guys about the whole one through 10, like the top shows on Netflix. I, I don't know. I just kind of see that as the company's still putting those in there. It's not necessarily what's trending one through 10. But anyways, I digress. So Unsolved Mysteries, the reboot. What are my thoughts with that? I enjoyed it overall. My thoughts are it's a little less on the alien, mysterious, crazy things. And it's more kind of like a Dateline or 2020. Like it's still Unsolved Mysteries. So you're traveling through this hour-long episode and you know at the end of it some aspect of this case is going to be unsolved because you're watching Unsolved Mysteries. So that's probably a different aspect of Dateline and 2020. Those usually wrap it up at the end and there usually is a, a person who's going to jail or who's found guilty. But this show, again, doesn't do that. It's often left open-ended with asking the audience if they know anything to go to the website and give information. So I don't know. There's an aspect of that that, you know, I think there was six, maybe seven episodes of the reboot and only one of them had aliens on it. Pretty much every single other one had to do with like a murder or something that happened in a town. And some of them were really very interesting. Just again, not giving anything away. But I think it's the second episode, maybe even the first one where this guy goes missing and they find his body in this hotel clo closed off part of a hotel like a convention center and there's a hole in the ceiling and so it's like he either jumped to his death and went through this hole or someone faked that somehow because they did all these tests of where he would have to have jumped from it's not as easy as you think like oh he just jumped out the window well if he jumped out the window he would have to go out like a hundred feet straight out to land in the specific spot and so that was probably one of the most interesting i mean it's of all the episodes second probably to the alien one that i remember that stands out kind of the storyline and so yeah i'd love to hear what you guys think have you seen the new unsolved mysteries reboot it's also interesting i would say those of us who've watched the originals is there's no narrator you know robert stack is this guy who was to me completely known for known by his signature voice you know i'm the guy on unsolved today on unsolved mysteries i can't do his voice i can't do a impression of him but if you watch the show you know that it's very much part of the the song coming in and then his deep voice none of that is in the new reboot there is no narrator there is no host of the show they just kind of dive right in which, again, I think meets more of today's documentary style. It's a little bit less of an older style where someone's walking you through everything. So, I don't know. I, I think it's less like the Unsolved Mysteries that I remember, but it's more 2020. So, that kind of makes sense. Speaking of mysteries, have you guys heard recently that Kanye West himself is running for president? Yeah, I say a mystery because this guy said that he was going to run in like the next election, like five years from now, 
in 2024. I guess that's four years from now. So why is he choosing to run now? And it's in the middle of the election year. He's already missed some of the deadlines to sign up. And so it sounds like people aren't really taking it seriously, that it's kind of like, yeah, right, Kanye, you're not running for president. And the other thing that's kind of a mystery is, as you know, or most of you know, he is a huge Trump fan. He's been in the White House a few times. Even him and Kim did uh, an interview there or was a part of some event. And he's been seen with his Trump hat, the big red one, you know, with the white lettering. He's been around promoting Trump. And so it's, again, to me, kind of a mystery, kind of weird that he would go against Trump and become competition, for lack of better terms, as I assume a third-party candidate. He hasn't really said which um, party, if any, he's going to run with. And so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is kind of weird. He's had mental health issues, self you know, he's self-described himself as having mental issues, so that's not calling out anything that he hasn't shared publicly. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. It's weird because I feel like not getting too political. I've felt like this more so than any other year. It seems like we're here every four years, though, that we say the same thing, that if there's ever a time that a third-party candidate could come in, it'd probably be a year like this, where both of the right and the left, the Republican and the Democrats nominees, are not really, whatever you think about them, they're not really popular historically. That, again, most people are voting against the other person. They're not too excited about their choice. So I think in that sense, it would be really easy for someone to slide in and take a big chunk, if not take the whole election. I don't know if Kanye is that guy, to be honest. I don't know if I'd want uh, an entertainer like him to be president of the United States. Again, I'd love to hear your guys' feedback. I'm not a hater, but I just think that's kind of where I'm at with it. I do think that people who are just dismissing it as like there's no way, there's no chance, it would never happen, it's kind of like, again, didn't we hear all that in 2015 leading into 2016 about Donald Trump? Like everybody was like, there's no way, it's a joke, he's not even serious, he's doing this for publicity, and now he's been president for four years. So, again, whatever you think of the guy, you have to acknowledge that someone who wasn't a politician became president of the United States four years ago. That's uh, quite an interesting thing historically. So, I don't know. If Kanye runs, are you guys going to vote for him? Are you guys going to take him seriously? There is an aspect in this podcast. He claims he's a Christian man now and has had a very successful Sunday service tour over the past year, and people have been influenced by his faith. I know a few in my family and a few of my friends who have uh, said they've been impacted by his music and by his newfound faith. He's done the rounds with those uh, in the Christian community, like Joel Osteen and others, done some events together. And so, uh, yeah, kind of an interesting connection to our podcast and being that he's obviously a cultural icon, a figure in culture as a musician, as an artist, as a Christian man. So there's definitely a bunch of uh, ways that he connects to this podcast. So again, love to see what you guys think. Will you vote for him? Kanye 2020. 
For those of us Apple fanboys and girls, there is really two Christmases a year. The actual Christmas, where we celebrate the birth of Christ, of course. And then the second would be when the new iPhones are released. Every September, over the last, gosh, what, 10 years now, there has been an iPhone waiting for us, an upgraded chassis and camera and software and all sorts of cool new ways that you can interact with that thing in your pocket called an iPhone. And this year, because of, well, 2020 being such a great year with COVID ruining nearly everything, uh, there's some reports on 9to5Mac from a third-party supplier, of course. They're the ones who always seem to leak everything Apple connected. They're saying that at the earliest, the new iPhone 12s will be released in October, a month late, and it could be as late as November, as in two months late this year. So all that to say, just like a lot of things in 2020, we won't know until we get to September and October what's going to be the real situation with the iPhone 12 release, but I'm hoping that it's not delayed because this year sucks so we need a few things like that to look forward to all right we're going to talk about another app here today because why not and it's making more news are you one of the 800 million active users of a little known app called tiktok that is crazy when you look at that and there's 1.65 billion downloads this is back as of February and a million views a day of their video. I'm sorry, a billion, that's billion with a B, a billion video watches in each day. It is no doubt a huge app and mostly by teens, but adults are watching as well and putting out content. And the reason why I'm bringing it up in today's episode is that recently we heard that the Secretary of State was on um, a news show recently, and he said that they are looking into, the U.S. government is looking into banning TikTok here in the United States. And the teens all screamed loudly because they wouldn't be able to watch their videos or make their silly little videos with music. But here's something that just happened recently with iOS 14 on Apple devices. So they started having the beta, the developer and public betas are now out. And almost immediately, the first day people loaded the beta, which has, again, Apple is awesome with all these privacy things, user-focused privacy um, features for their software. And one of the new features is that it will pop up it will tell you if an app is doing something that you didn't really give it permission to do or it's doing something suspicious. So there's been a number of these apps. One of the most, uh, breaking the most rules is TikTok. One of the things that is very disconcerting is it will see what you copy to your clipboard. So as I understand it, if you have TikTok open, and you switch over to a text message and you copy and paste something, you copy some text or, you know, I don't know, whatever you're copying onto the clipboard. Let's remember that's what the clipboard is. Whenever you copy text or you copy something and then put it to paste, that's using the clipboard, right? Well, this app is seeing what's on your clipboard. It knows what you're copying and pasting. It has that information. It basically steals that 
you know, information from you. So that and a number of other things are giving us pause or giving the U.S. government pause. And I'm thankful for that because it is a Chinese company. And the reason why we should be suspect of Chinese government or I'm sorry, Chinese apps is because they're connected with the Chinese government, the Chinese Communist Party. Right. We all have products. We appreciate Chinese goods. But when it comes to apps, the stuff that's in those codes coded into these apps could have things of a surveillance level that would then be shared with the Chinese government because the Chinese government is very oppressive and doesn't let anything through without having the access to the app. And so there was a spokesperson from TikTok that made this statement that I'm about to read. But I think, again, before I read this, like a lot of things from these countries, Russia, North Korea, um, Iran, and you know China, is I would say they say these sort of things all the time. There is a history here over decades of countries that really are our enemies. We'll put out press releases and say whatever, you know, we didn't do it. We're not, you know, doing these things we're being accused of. But later on, 95% of the time through facts are found out to be that way. And China is one of the number one cyber attackers in America. Like they're more so than anybody is regularly attacking our infrastructure, our banks, you know, stealing intellectual property. They have been proven time and time again to be doing this stuff. And so you can make the argument, hey, what better way than to create a killer app with 800 million users most of which are in the United States, we can see what they're doing on their phones. We can use their cameras to view them, blah, 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 blah. So here's the spokesman says this. TikTok is led by an American CEO with hundreds of, an empl of employees and key leaders across safety, security, product, and public policy here in the U.S. We have no higher priority than promoting a safe and secure app experience for our users. We have never provided user data to the Chinese government, nor would we do if asked. Interesting. Again, I, I don't trust them. I'd love to know what you guys think. Would you trust a Chinese-based company? I, I don't know. I, I really would have a hard time trusting that. It was also interesting this week connected with that story. Once the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, made this announcement, there was an app called Byte, which I think way back in our second episode, I was talking about this video app, which is basically Vine 2, the same company that created Vine, created Byte, B-Y-T-E. And uh, yeah, I got an account. I played with it. I ended up deleting it because no one was on it. I think like a lot of these things, they have a lot of potential, except people don't, the majority of people don't jump on board. So it's like, well, why have this cool thing if none of my friends are using it? And so I found it interesting. I think it was the eighth and ninth. It was number one in the app store as the most downloaded app. And so uh, the teens were moving on to Byte. They were uh, very quickly looking elsewhere to see if their beloved TikTok was going to be banned. Could they find something similar? And so, I don't know. I just found that interesting. 
I have a few friends. I've heard people who won't even have TikTok on their phone or other Chinese apps because of these privacy concerns. You may be uh, one of those people. I have to say my thing with TikTok, similar to Snapchat, is it's probably the app that I have installed and deleted the most. Like I kind of have the schizophrenic like, oh, I don't want to miss out the FMO, right? Like I got to download it. I got to see what's on there. And then I just feel like, uh, again, it's mostly teens. It's, you know, I'm watching the humor videos and things, but there's just no one's going to follow me, interact with me on TikTok. So then I delete it. And then something, somebody will share a funny video and I'll go back and watch it on TikTok, you know, stuff like that. So kind of a love-hate relationship with TikTok, but um, interesting, interesting times we live in with these apps and banning everything. Finally, in our tech section, I have to share something that I think is kind of cool and personal for me, and that is that I have decided, in lieu of PlayStation 5 coming out this fall, that I am going all digital when it comes to media. And some of you are like, what, huh? So the PlayStation 5, if you haven't heard, I mentioned it previously, but as a reminder, is coming out in two editions. They're going to have a digital-only and one with the drive and the digital only is going to be cheaper either fifty dollars cheaper or a hundred we don't know the prices yet but at the end of the day it's going to be the same exact system except one has a disk drive and one does not and so that got me thinking about the stacks of video games dvds blu-rays and cds that i've had at my house over the last decade or more and i got to thinking i haven't played a dvd or a cd in like four years, maybe five. And so you know what I did? I boxed them up and I sold those bad boys on Facebook Marketplace. My philosophy in life, one of them has always been that, you know, stuff that's sitting in a closet for over a year that you're not using, it's better to have money in your pocket than that kind of stuff. I mean, if it's sentimental value, it's something that's handed down in your family, that's a separate thing. I'm talking about products, things you're supposed to be using. And so, yeah, I uh, even bought a Kindle. I bought a Kindle Paperwhite, and, you know, I'm going all in in that aspect as well. I love books. I'm kind of that middle generation that I like digital, but I also like the physical book, especially for the idea of you can pass that on to someone. But as I look to a potential move, I may be moving here soon. Again, I went downstairs and I'm looking at boxes and boxes of old books and things that I've never had any need to go look through. So I threw a lot out. I put a lot in the recycling bin when it came to these old books, mostly like ministry or youth pastor books that I just would never reference again. They're just that old from the 50s, 60s, 70s that people kind of gave me early on. And so, yeah, I don't know where you guys are at with that, but I'm moving into a digital only. My gaming system, reading, music is already there because of Spotify on your phones and your home stereo and such. But I just think it's the way forward. I think that's the future. I think everything's going to continue to move in that direction. So I may be starting a little bit early or maybe a little bit behind the curve, depending on where you guys are at with that. But I thought I would just share with you that I am going all digital with media. That's kind of uh, kind of a news news thing for me. Our podcast sponsor is Adam Peak my friend and independent financial planner. 
His primary focus is educating individuals and families with the information needed to help with the decision-making process of their financial goals. If you've got some questions that you think Adam could help with, reach out by going to adampeak.com. That's peak with an A. Securities offered through Sigma Financial Corporation, member FINRA and SIPC. Adam Peak, 300 Parkland Plaza, Ann Arbor, Michigan, 48116, area code 810-522-8169, or acpeak at sigmarep.com. For our faith section this week, I want to chat about the current series at my church called The Anatomy of a Dream. Pete Wilson, I don't know if you know this guy's name, he is from Nashville, Tennessee. He started a church down there, Cross Point Church, oh gosh, a few decades ago, I believe, or at least a decade ago, and is now one of the teaching pastors at my church up here in Michigan. My connection with Pete came through his book, Plan B, which I highly recommend. Uh, Plan B was such a great and helpful book for me. I've read it twice. And to summarize that, maybe to pique your interest, if it would be a good book for you, Plan B is really all about like when you have plan A for your life, you know, you wanted to get married or you wanted to be healthy or you wanted to have a certain kind of career and things didn't work out the way that you thought they did. And maybe you even felt like God was leading you towards those specific things. There's always a plan B is kind of the way that I remember the book that God can work through and often takes us down different paths than plan A and how we navigate down a plan B path. And so this series uh, that he's been doing has been speaking right into my life. I feel like there's a lot of application for me. And week one just really spoke in a number of ways, and I thought I would start by just playing a clip for you from his talk, and I will have the link in the show notes for the entire talk and the series. I encourage you guys to check all of it out. We're in week two of four, so you'll have to wait for the next two, those of you who want to jump on board. But here's a little clip from week one of Anatomy of a Dream. It's hard to even think about dreaming about your future when you're just trying to focus on keeping your head above water, right? You're just focused on survival. 2020 has just been the craziest year ever. And it's kind of gotten to the point where we make a lot of jokes about 2020, like, you know, this is the worst year that we've ever experienced. And I don't know about you guys, but anytime like something goes wrong in my life, I just blame it on 2020. If I get a flat tire, I'm like, well, of course I got a flat tire. It's 2020. You know, if I'm outside and it starts to rain, it's like, of course it's pouring on me right now. It's 2020. And it's real easy to kind of get in this mental space of this year is just a complete disaster. But what if, what if 2020 is actually the year that you've been waiting for? What if it's a year that is so painful and so uncomfortable and so unpredictable and so raw that it forces you to grow. You know, part of growth for all of us is pursuing the purpose and the dreams that God puts on our heart. I think more than even achieving dreams, the process of pursuing dreams forms us and shapes us in so many different ways. Wow, if that isn't a perspective shift, I don't know what is. 
like, man, did I need to hear that? Because so often I can get into those memes and just the negative news cycle and just, man, 2020 is the worst year ever. And just focused on letting that create my future, that all of these things, many of which are out of our control. But again, the perspective with God involved is it can actually end up being one of the best years of our lives. I do think back over the last decades of my life and the ones that I remember, the ones that stood out, the ones that I did grow the most in were the hardest. You know, the year I came down with Crohn's disease, 2005, losing 30 plus pounds, having just moved to Oregon out on my own for the first time at 25 years old. Man, was that a tough year. But it was also a great year. It was a year where I found out who my true friends and family were. It was a year where I relied upon God. I depended on God, didn't just believe in him. But man, I was leaning into every day on my knees, needing God in my life because I had a chronic disease. I had something that scared the crap out of me, literally. <laughs> but um Yeah, so that for me has been a really helpful thing. And he goes on, the series is based on the life of David. And he goes on in this first talk to talk about how David was largely overlooked due to his age and his place in the family. And we have this verse, which I'm going to read here. You've probably heard it before if you've been a part of Christianity for any length of time. But look at this verse here in 1 Samuel 16, beginning in verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So again, a lot of times we can feel overlooked. We can feel, you know, have all sorts of excuses. We're too young. We're too old. We're too fat. We're too skinny. We're too this, you know, fill in the blank that applies to your life situation. We all know what it's like to be overlooked. And this passage reminds us that man looks at all these outward appearances. And a lot of times that is our literal appearance, our image. But with that comes a lot of discrimination, a lot of things that aren't supposed to be reasons why you don't get a job or you're allowed to be a part of this group or this membership. And yet, you know, we've all experienced that. I know I feel like I've been overlooked recently in this current cycle of applying for jobs and things. I feel like a lot of times because I'm single that churches often overlook me. They put my resume to the side compared to a married person's resume. I think sometimes, again, with youth ministry, you know, I'm kind of on the upper age of what most churches want, even though the older you are in student ministry, the more experience and wisdom you bring just by nature of having done it longer. But a lot of times, again, churches don't want the older guy. They want the young, hip, skinny jeans wearing youth pastor. And so, yeah, I can relate to that these days. He goes on to talk about David's life, how much of it was just boring preparation. You know, like so much of our lives is get up, go to work, come home, you know, maybe go to the gym, put the kids to bed, go to sleep. You know, it's just this rote hamster wheel, just round and round we go, just doing the same things over and over again, things which may feel like they're meaningless or are boring and just don't have any long-term outcomes to them. 
And yet this was much of David's life, was preparation, was taking care of and tending the sheep in the hot summer days. There is so much of his life that was preparation for later on. And yet God was working still. And God is still working in our lives in the midst of 2020. I love how a few people have said, you know, this isn't a surprise to God. Like, we feel so unsettled. We feel like we have no idea where this year is going to go, what more things are going to happen, how the election is going to play out. And yet it's so helpful to slow down enough to consider that the creator of all this, the creator of the universe who spoke it with his mere words, he's not surprised. He's not fallen off his throne, freaking out, wearing a mask up there in heaven like He's not surprised. He's still working. He still desires to bring his kingdom to the earth. And he expands, Pete expands in his talk on taking practical steps to finding your dream. And that's, again, where I just want to encourage you to check out the full talk. I didn't do it justice here, but hopefully just uh, piqued your interest to check it out. And one of the last things he shared that I want to share about today was how there is no second-class callings. There's no such thing as a second-class calling. He destroys, as I have many times or attempted to do, this idea of the sacred versus the secular. This idea that pastors and Christian leaders and people who work in churches are on this level and then everybody else, whatever job you work for, is on some sub-level, below or beneath the sacred. But whatever we do can be important and part of God's work. It's just a matter, again, are we praying, are we allowing God to be a part of it? And so it's a four-part series. I encourage you to check out uh, the second one I just listened to this past weekend, it's on facing opposition. When you start pursuing your dream, you're made aware of it, then you're going to face opposition. David certainly faced it with Goliath. There's going to be opposition on our path to fulfilling God's dream for our life. I'm going to link just the first talk in the show notes, but by all means, feel free to click on through and watch the second one. And then the third one and the fourth one will be on the website in the coming weeks. But I hope that was an encouragement to you, and I just pray that all of us can have the right mindset in the midst of the pandemic, and I sure need your encouragement, your prayers. We all do as we're moving forward through this, and we will get through it. Things will be different on the other side, but let's remain hopeful that God is still at work, still cares for us, and good things lie ahead. And that is a wrap for today. If you like what you heard, be sure and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. As always, we hope you enjoyed this and all of our episodes on the Cultured Christian Podcast. Please join the conversation on our Reddit. Also like and interact with us on our Instagram and Facebook page. Lastly, if you have feedback or topic ideas, email us at culturedchristians at gmail.com. And we look forward to seeing you in the next one.